This is L.A. Wade and... My name is Mike Truth the Nomad, a.k.a. Boogie McCab, but today you can call me Mike Truth. Okay, today he's the truth. We got the truth, <laughs> and so therefore you know that it's going to be a serious spiritual conversation. Uh, no lies today, only truth. Um, <laughs> this topic was something that we really were engaged with, well, ever since we met, really. We've mm -hmm. always had these conversations about spirituality and belief systems. And the Elephant Room allows us to kind of facilitate a conversation with everyone to see, you know, just what they're thinking about and what they're doing in terms of their own belief systems. And most importantly, how that impacts uh, you in terms of being a Black person. Um, we often hear the whole thing about we were given white Jesus and how could we love a white God? And so last conversation was really focused around Christianity. And it's not that it's absent in this conversation. We just want to be able to open up to see what other things are out there. And I think where we left off last week was um, Mr. Truth here asked the question about what is God, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you want to, to do that? Well, I was more so interested to see what other people's um experience is of um what God is. Like I mean a bit of my own, my own personal experience is that um I believe that God is this energy, this constant energy that surrounds us and is, you know, always around us. And um I think people like the society or the world in general have created a construct for ourselves to basically, you know, like um, a ways that we can be able to understand this energy. So some people label it like with different names. So God, um, self, like um, universe, whatever. And, you know, it's, it's really whatever works for you. So that's, that's what I, like, I kind of meant by that. And I just wanted people to see, I wanted to see what other people, you know, what other people's views were. Yeah. So I just, you want to acknowledge some people in the room? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's see, who, who, do, who do we have? We have Shannon, Dre. Sewell, and then Don, and we have Camille, Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Hey, and we have um, Zavara as well. Zavara can't get into the room. Zavara, take the spot and see if mm -hmm. you can enable your your speaker. Zavara is somebody that we want to have in the room simply because the man just has a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he's like a sage and um, he's also a yogi. So Tanya, I know you will appreciate that because I know you get your yoga on. Mm -hmm. And feel free to type in the comments. Mm -hmm. um, anyone who does want to grab the spot, you're more than welcome to come into the room and engage in the first to first topic, which is what is God? Mm -hmm. um, we on, on Instagram, we had put out, um, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed I'm taking the trip through all the different spiritualities mm. for getting ready for this topic. Mm -hmm. But one of the ones that stood out for me in terms of not being a part of a religion specifically mm. was just the idea of higher consciousness and the consciousness of the higher self and how that transcends reality. Um, and in that way, I felt like maybe I'm more Buddhist than I realize. Mm. I don't know if I am. I'm not trying to like have my Christian brothers and sisters have a heart attack or anything like that. But <laughs> I'm just saying that I have an experience that is personal to me. Mm -hmm. And then there's the one that I have that is true of the church in general, mm -hmm. um, which is more structured. <laughs> and I just wonder what people think about those differences in relation to God, because with Buddhism, mm -hmm. there isn't necessarily a God. It's more, um, you know, a way of life. Mm -hmm. So, see, Will, you jumped in the room. 
Hey, hey Zavara. Yeah, ah, ah, ah. Got it working. Yes. Okay, we see you, but can we hear you? <laughs> we can't hear you. I heard him say blessings, I think. Oh, okay. Did no? I? No, that was my imagination. No, you read his lips because I did. that's what he would say. <laughs> yeah, blessings. I, I read his lips. And, yeah, we um, can't so, hear you, but go ahead, Sewell. Yeah, uh, so to answer the question, what is God, at least my understanding of it, um, mm -hmm. is for me, it's very layered. It's along the lines of uh, Mike Truth, right? So yeah. um, uh, I was raised in Christianity. So you have that format there, which I feel like is a, it's a structure. You know, it's like, so the, one of the reasons I go by Sea Wheel, because my real name is Christian. And people always ask me, well, a Christian, are you a Christian? You know, and I'm like, I had to have, have to have the whole discussion, which I'm not interested in most of the time. And the reason is because I'm not, you know, I'm not a religious person at all. And then, you know, people want to have that discussion. So I just generally don't engage in them but so mm -hmm. the layers i see first of all there is a consciousness i believe that pervades everything you know all that is the universe the absolute and so when i started discovering my own way i started studying all the religions and then started studying the mystical traditions in there because i believe that they have more access to uh real experience rather than just a dogmatic explanation and so um, that's, I feel like when you're first starting, you kind of identify with something that's familiar to you, you know, or to your culture. But as you start to deepen your own awareness, you start to have your own experiences and develop your own ability to perceive. And as you do that, then your definitions can adapt to your own experience. So I just, I think I'll just leave it at that as far as you have uh, a, a cultural or educational or traditional way that is explained to you. And then when you start to have your own experience, you can have your own definitions and develop a cosmology that actually reflects your own experience. Mm. Go ahead. Zavara, um, do you have anything to add to that? I don't think we can hear Zavara. We can't uh, hear you. I don't know. There's something with your... Um, your yeah. speaker, your microphone. Microphone right? now, yeah. Yeah, you need to enable the microphone because we can't hear you. No. <laughs> no. Are you on Google? So, Are you on Google? You have to nod <laughs> yes or no. We can't. We can't hear you, man. If you're on Google, there's a... Uh, He's going to put I... his, um, his headphones on. Yeah, yeah put your headphones on. See if that helps. He says, take the headphones out. Okay, take the headphones out. See? No, he's putting the headphones that have the mic in it, in, I think, now. If anybody else who's in the room would like to take Kinte's spot, he uh, he gave it up for anybody who would like to join. Dre, would you like to join? I know mm. that you give really great feedback. He said, it may be a connection. Okay, but well, like, um, when when we uh, we come back, I actually want to know, um, in terms of um African experiences, so um, as far as uh, Af African descendants, uh, what they so what are what are some of your practices and um, how has that impacted basically like your your livelihood in this world that, that we live in? Your livelihood, as in what he does for a living, or yeah, I mean just you you as a or person. Or just quality of life. Quality of life. Me? Um, oh, sorry, anybody, sorry, I thought you were asking anybody. Sewell as a follow up to what he was just saying. Anybody? Oh, well, that's one of the reasons I was real general and I kind of cut my answer short, just because mm -hmm. I'm kind of feeling. What? I'm sorry. What was your name, Miss? Again. La. 
L.A.? L.A., like the city. Okay, L.A. Um, where, because, uh, you know, my family's traditional Christian, and I found a way to, you know, kind of talk that doesn't necessarily step on toes. But, but that being said, um, that, that has kind of been my experience, where as I gain knowledge, I just found ways to translate it into a Christian communication, even though that's not my personal conviction. You know, and I felt that way for a long time. So a long time, I wouldn't actually give my whole truth, you know, and I would kind of tiptoe like things in certain situations so that um, not to break anyone's box. But now I've kind of given up on that. And because um, it's it's to me, it's not being true to myself and it's not being um, an opportunity for them to expand their perspective, you know. So I'm, I'm not intentionally, I'm not antagonist, antagonistic to any religion or tradition because I believe it's all a stepping stone. And as you, like I said, that's how I got to where I am, going to church, praying, and, and then having real experiences and then wanting to tap deeper into those. And I saw limits in, in the belief system, to be honest. You know, the, the cycle of guilt and redemption that almost most major traditions are built around that cycle keeps you coming back, keeps you feeling bad and guilty and shame, which are the two worst vibrational energies you can hold, right? And I'm like, why should I go and feel shame or bad about being human or just existing? You know, so if things don't make sense to me, you know. So I'm fascinated. I'm so curious as to how you began that deconstruction Mm -hmm. because I think I'm at a similar place in that I guess traditionally I would be seen as a Christian, but with everything that I know and continue to learn about myself and then my own meditation in terms of where I can think about things on my own, it doesn't really coincide with the things that I'm taught in terms of a religious structure. And then because people don't talk about it, which is the point of these conversations is talking about things that are kind of taboo or unspoken about. I want to get free from it. That's how this whole show started. Yeah. Um, so I just wonder what you do in terms of being able to free yourself um, and not get trapped in that understanding. Well, you, you, first of all, you have to take responsibility for your own uh, evolution, shall I say, right? So um, you, you understand that you are in the driver's seat and you are the one who gets to choose what you decide to believe in, in, or, or not. And I, I listened to the one guy, I'm going to throw this in there, named Sadaguru, right? And he's always talking. He's a great, uh, yeah. And so he talks about religion and he says, basically, if you believe something, that means you don't know. And you're just not honest enough to say you don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. And so once I started to say, okay, I don't know, I didn't give up Christianity or religion. I still went to church, but if I didn't know, I just say, I didn't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, Jesus died for my sins and all that stuff that I don't really know. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't there. I, I, and the things that resonated with me, I accepted. So what I started to do was the things, like I said, the things that resonated with me, I accepted. I still went to church. I still went to um, prayer meetings in the morning. And I felt the spirit move, so I knew things were happening. So I accepted that part of it, you know. But I didn't have to go into the group mind, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So mm. I, I, I would sit there and feel the spirit moving and, and engage in it in the way that I've learned to do. And but not accept certain ideologies. And when it no longer felt right for me to be there, I just wouldn't go anymore, you know? Um, but really, I don't, you can decide what on your own, you know what I'm saying? 
what you choose to believe and can and you? Look- <laughs> yes. There was something that made you like hold back in the beginning. Well, right? it, fear, it was that- it was fear of being separated from the community because the religion is a it's a social thing more than I mean it's a spiritual thing, but it's also a social and a economic structure. It's 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 a whole mm-hmm. institution that is built around. You know, so it's not just about spiritual development. Actually, I was talking to my mom the other day. I was like, most churches don't develop you spiritually at all. It's just you go and you do the same thing. You go through a cycle over and over and over again. And you wonder why you're not getting any better or feeling any better because you're not doing anything different and you're in the same mind. As long as you're in the same mind, you can have a different reality. You know? Yeah. Doesn't that feel like then religion is kind of the old school capitalism? I mean, <laughs> it's like religious, like spiritual, uh, uh, like you said, cap. It, it's like I said, I don't want to get too hard on it. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. This is where we need to get hard on it because speak- this is what we need to talk about. Yeah. Because it has people in bondage. True. It True. has us in bondage and it has us fighting about all kinds of things that do not matter um, while we're dying. Yeah. And um, I think if there's any way to uplift a community of people, is to free their mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Dre, you look, you're nodding. What do you, what, what do you oh, think, Dre? Yeah, he makes amazing, amazing points. It seems like um, the way the, particularly like religion and church is structured, especially in the societies, it's meant to create um, dependent followers and people who don't think for themselves. And um, we're, we're, but also at the same time, we're moving toward a society where we are encouraging critical thinking, mm-hmm. where um, structured religion, where there's uh, a man in charge and he is telling everybody what to believe, it mm-hmm. sort of shakes up that establishment. So if we can, so if we can create people to be dependent, then uh, as a church leader or a religious leader, um, I will always have a job. I will always have a following. I would feel um, important. But right. you know, truth be told, uh, any any belief, any system that is meant to improve the quality of life of individuals, uh, you're trying to create people that are not dependent, that are able to operate independently. Um, that if there are questions and you don't have the answer, you work out, work through it to get the answer. And um, religion itself, some religions and and belief systems don't encourage that because you know they want people dependent on them. So that they can keep that following there, so that they can feel important themselves, and it doesn't help people in general. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Before I know Mike is going to be like meditating on that and come with some other question, but while you're doing that, Ulysse, <laughs> if you want to take that spot, you just have to literally click on and grab that spot. You were on the in the room last week, and you had a lot of value to add. Um, I don't know if you feel comfortable being seen, mm. um, but. Um, I don't understand this whole, because I've, I've been a part of the church. Mm. I'm not one of those people that grew up in the church. My mom raised me as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, they call it Roman Catholic, but I call it recovering Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, um, because nobody does guilt like the, the Catholics. Um, nobody. Nobody does it like them. And <laughs> what were you going to say? No, they call them as a fucking... Um, the thing that I'm noticing, because see, when when we look at um, basically um, colonialism, and we we look at where we are as a people, 
I think it becomes important to see, like, um, do any of us know about the original spiritual beliefs of like our ancestors or like um, what we had initially, like what was before? Because I think, go ahead. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like there's a separation from that understanding, mm-hmm. and so like uh, that's the, that in itself is, is causing this big dissonance between the way we worship or how like um like basically Dre you're saying how um we are basically being given a, a dif- different religions on which we have to be dependent on like you know others in order for you know for, for goodness to come to us mm-hmm. so like the thing that comes to my mind is like like what what, what were some of the african practices that you know that we've been kind of separated from and like, i think impacts. you would know better i don't know where see will are you african no but like, i know uh, some of the practices Mm-hmm. I'm African American and, and Native mm-hmm. American. Um, okay. So my great grandmother was uh, Cherokee, and you know, and, and there's a name I think is Samoan. The, the mix of African American and Native yeah. American. There's a name for that. Um, so, point, uh, but I, when I was in Baltimore, I was fortunate because Baltimore is you know like a black city. Well, it is majority black, and so. Um, I got a book called The Me Too Neater in um, African uh, Egyptian Yoga, right? And so mm. it tells you about all about the Egyptian gods and, and the system that, and so I was doing that for a little while. Um, but just to go a little deeper, if you're aware of the Western mystery schools or esoteric traditions, they all grew, and Greek philosophy all grew from uh, Egyptian mystery schools. So that's where all of this originated from. And what happened is, it went underground because when the church started to gain power, there, there could only be one. So that's why secret societies and whatnot started. So basically what the Masons teach and, you know, the Order of the Golden Dawn and different uh, traditions like that are a blend of Egyptian, um, uh, you know, knowledge and that tradition. So it, it, the reason I'm saying that is because I want people to understand that some of this stuff may seem, you know, uh, a little, uh, people have a lot of ways of looking at it, you know, not all good. And the reason is because, well, first of all, it, ha- it has real power. And because it was forced, it, 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 it was given a, a, a bad PR job, shall we say, by mm. the ruling class, even though the ruling class uses it, you know what I'm saying, to rule. So, um I just want to kind of throw that idea out there and see see what people know about on, on that level. Shannon. Shannon, go ahead. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she got. Come on. Okay, what's going on? What's going on in Shannon's world? I wasn't going to say anything about what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just basically got on and say, I when you said you didn't grow up in the church, I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of all I knew. I wasn't like a, you know, some people go to church every single day. I really only went to church on Sunday. Um, and then the occasional um, Wednesday night prayer if I wasn't involved in something in school. Um, but I grew up in church. Church, youth group, choir. My whole family was on my father's side. So, I mean, you couldn't quite escape it, but I loved it. Um, I love children's church. I love Sunday school. Um, I never saw Jesus as a white guy. 
Um, as he was taught to me, he was taught with wool hair, so I never equated that to white person. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't experience any guilt or shame in the church I went to. Um, it was a very loving, now don't get me wrong, there were people who wanted to make you feel guilty and put shame on you. Um, but So what protected you? Did, was it your family? What protected you from feeling that, in your opinion, I guess? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I think I just had a, an amazing um, leadership. I mean, our pastor to me was, he was not just a pastor. He was a community leader and he was a, a teacher. Um, he believed heavily within the community. Like, he knew everybody. He died when he was 80, still as a pastor. So he was, I mean, he was sweet as pie and very authentic. And I think that's part of it for so me. So how did then that um, influence your personal notion or your, your personal relationship with what you learned God was through this through this medium? Um, well, through my growth and development um, from adolescence to adulthood, um, I have always thought God was um, father. So he was put in that paternal role. Um, and sometimes that's hard because my earthly father was not the greatest. Mm. So sometimes it's hard to trust someone who is supposed to do these things when you didn't actually see them in action at home. Right. Um, however, um, in my growth and development as an adult, I have appreciated God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I do believe in a triune God. Um, just in all of the things that I've done, um, in terms of, you know, I pick up and move everywhere. Um, and people are like, how can you do that? And I'm like, how can you not? I feel like God just led me to this place where I'm going. Um, I was in seminary in Dallas at some point in my life. Um, and I didn't really like that bubble because even though I am in a group of Christians, I think sometimes even Christians live in a bubble. Mm. Um, but I think that's any, I think that's any, um, religion or affiliate people who live in bubbles. Um, and I didn't like the bubble within seminary, so I didn't stay in seminary. Um, however, the institution itself is amazing. Um, and then I've, I moved to, so I stayed in Dallas for six years and the church there was actually my greatest experience with my relationship with God because mm -hmm. I saw authentic worship. I saw, I saw um, multicultural, multiracial um, relationships happening within a congregation. Um, what I used to tell people is I saw the sweetest slice of heaven on earth in that congregation mm -hmm. because they were true in my opinion, true believers, true worshipers, true people fellowshipping authentically, according to what they talked about in the book of Corinthians, you know, um, you know, let us not forsake the meeting of the brethren. Like, that's what I saw. That's what I felt every time I went there. Hmm. Um, they made me want to be transparent and authentic um, with them and did not condemn me and did not make me feel guilt, did not make me feel shameful. Um, there was true bearing one another's burdens in that congregation. So I was 
it, I love going there. Like I, every time I get the opportunity, I'm like, I'm going back to Dallas. I'm going to visit. This is my sure. home. So, um, Dre, yeah. did you have a question? And welcome back, Zavara. Yeah. Can we hear Zavara? Uh, no, no, we, we can't, can't hear you. you. Yeah. What church? <laughs> knowledge doesn't want to. Oh man, see, something's keeping back the knowledge. Mm. <laughs> um, Zara, if you can come out and come back in, because we can't hear you, and um, <laughs> the man's holding Zara back in this. Zara, yeah. you come out. Let Fax come in. We won't be able to see Fax, but I know that he oh, he has a he has a, a perspective that I want to bring because it's a big elephant in the black community. Mm -hmm. But I also want to portray what you had to say. Well, I was curious. I was curious to see what church she was she went and what seminary. Mm. You talk about what church I went to growing up as a kid, or what no, church in I went Dallas. To in Dallas. In Dallas. Um, well, in Dallas, I went to Dallas Theological Seminary (DTS). Figured um, that. Yeah. And I attended, and I still attend when I go to town. Um, reunion, Reunion oh, Church. You didn't want to go to um, Jake's church. No, and I used to go to Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Mm. Not their service. Well, I yeah. did go to service for a little bit, but not their service. Their singles ministry at the onset of my time there with this <laughs> was um they had the dope. They had the dopest singles ministry in. But how dope was it if you're still single? No, no, no. The whole no, no, no. singles ministry is so that you don't be single for long. Listen, listen, listen. listen. What they <laughs> taught was paramount. Yeah. Some people, it's their season, and some people aren't meant to be married. So we just got to keep that thing real. Um, and the people who led it, the Edwards, Conway and Jada Edwards, who I think are now over the one. Oh, don't get me wrong, but they're still in the Dallas DFW area and they have a singles ministry at their church. Now they left Oak Cliff Bible fellowship, but it was on point. I didn't, I only went there for like a year. Um, but I'm single cause I've been waiting for you, Dre. <laughs> question though, like, I, I want to know how come, um, whenever we're talking, like it's always about Christianity and, and, and everything. Like, um, it always leads to Christianity somehow. Like, it always, always goes to um, Christianity. Like uh, growing up, and I was, I was talking about this last week. So my grandfather, like he practiced. Um, so in, in Ghana, is this thing called a drill? Basically, people here call it voodoo. And uh, my grandmother was a was a Christian, and uh, I just kind of heard this recently. So the interesting thing ab about that is, um, my grandfather was he was a devout. Practitioner of, of this um, ritual, so he, he would offer um, sacrifices or items to the shrine. And um, Tashi, <laughs> yeah, what's up, what's up, Tashi? How you doing? So um, he would offer the, these rituals um, he, to, to the shrine in hopes of you know getting good things. Now, when I look at um, society today, that's like a very scary, like voodoo and things like that is very scary to what you call this even talk about, like in our. Um, in our communities and stuff. And from what I gathered, so from him, and then looking at other friends, some friends who are Buddhists, some who just basically believe in like other practices in order to get to God, I'm noticing how it almost seems like we're trying to get to this higher entity that's um, beyond ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're just using different methods to get there. Now, 
like I don't personally like you know I don't agree with the whole like uh, I guess offering different items to to, to give to shrines and stuff because may, maybe uh, I've been trained to think that is bad, but like I, I I wonder like what are some of the other practices that you guys besides what you know that you're aware of, and um, how do they um, impact? Or if they impact you guys at all. Well, even before we get to like what else you believe in, I'm more fascinated as black people mm-hmm. being pretty much trained to become Christian, mm-hmm. right? In a sense, we've been trained to be Christian. And I'm not saying that that means that it's not valid. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is we, if we've been trained to be Christian, when somebody who's black says that they're an atheist, I usually like, wow, I'm like looking for the lightning. I'm like, I'm scared to death because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, how do you so boldly profound some, um, pr- profess something like that mm. with what we've been kind of trained to believe? Mm. Um, and then my friend who, who's on, online right now, not to blow up his spot because he'll speak for himself, but when we had a conversation about it, I wasn't so convinced that he didn't necessarily believe in God anymore. <laughs> but it was more so the kind of question I'm talking about uh, you, you. I Jokes. like I think that you're asking questions about your experience in the world and that it actually has nothing to do with your spirituality. And so when you think of your spirit man in the world, it makes sense for you to say that you're an atheist because of how it's manifested for you. How would you speak to it? Uh I'll ask a couple questions, I guess. First of all, uh does anybody believe in Ashura or Thor? or any number of other gods that other people have professed and proclaimed and believed in and died for and killed for. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's an atheist. You just happen to believe in one more God than I do. Right. So people choose, people choose at the end of the day, what they, what, what they want to believe in and and they externalize this belief in the, in the form of uh, an avatar. Um, and I just, I, I just don't view the world that way. So I grew up in the church. <clears throat> um, uh, my, my father, my brother, both part of, uh, um, uh, church leadership, uh, my mother, very active in the church. I started asking questions very early in life, used a lot of logic and reason and uh, study of history and in-depth study of the Bible itself. And just drew the conclusion that it just wasn't where I wanted to be. Fascinating. Okay, wait, what did Zavara say? So um, Zavara said, offering in the traditional practice is the same as offering and sacrifice in Christianity. Every Sunday, people are encouraged to eat the the body of Jesus and drink his blood. That could also be quite scary as as well, depending on how you perceive it. You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) That is... mm, mm, mm. And then, I mean... um, Shannon just said that we do not take communion every Sunday. It's not. It's not every Sunday that we do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're washing. They're washing feet every Sunday, right? <laughs> no, they don't wash feet every Sunday. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering. <laughs> but in terms of bringing it back to, um, <laughs> I'm not washing nobody. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 wait, wait, Shannon. Jesus commanded you. He commanded you. <laughs> No, no, well, no, there's no, I mean, there's no, I mean, you watch those feet. Do you follow everything that you were instructed to do, sir? You, listen, let me say something. I wasn't instructed to do anything. I'm the, I'm the atheist on this call. You, my friend, was instructed by Jesus to watch feet. No, I'm talking about in life in general. Like, I don't follow the no, 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 no. 
You don't get to make those decisions. Your Lord, your Lord specifically instructed you to wash feet. In fact, the feet he asked you to wash. Shannon, Shannon, let's work together. I love your glasses, by the way. Shannon, let me take some. It's just that simple. I'm about to get some popcorn. Just wash the It is what it is. I just told you. I don't do everything it says. That doesn't make me less of a Christian. All right. Well, I, listen. Uh, see this, and this is where we go. With this, so, let's go back to what we were talking about a second ago. I don't. I don't perceive it this way. Go, let's let's look at the magnitude of what we talk about when we talk about religion. We know that this. Let's talk about facts. We know that this universe. I, I heard it said the other day on a science show. They said that there are more galaxies. We know this. That there are more galaxies than there are grains of sand on the planet Earth. We know that in each one of those galaxies, there are more stars than there are grains of sand on the planet Earth. We're talking about an immeasurably gigantic and incredible universe. And the God who created all of that just asked you one simple thing. Please wash feet, Shannon. <laughs> and Shannon, you're saying right now, I don't want to wash feet. And you know what? That's the choice you get to make. But the thing is, he humbled himself. According to you, this isn't me. Okay, free will. This is what y'all believe, right? But he never talked about free will. He had, had a direct commandment. Saints wash the feet right as a show of what humility right so again that's for you to struggle with your own scriptures because i don't believe in either of it but but it's just it's just funny that we, 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 we can't we, we make choices we make choices i ain't fighting y'all i ain't fighting y'all you do what you got to do go ahead drink go ahead in, in context it's about serving and it's it's thank you it's it's jesus being what we believe as uh the one example and model who is the, the leader of everything that we believe in. And if he's willing to humble himself to wash feet, we should be willing to do the same for others and not just wash feet, but to serve in every capacity that we can to show that, you know, we're no better than anybody else. So mm -hmm. if we go a little bit deeper, that's that's the true meaning of that. Right. I And I, I agree with that. I just so find that... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how other people feel... Um, and and these these conversations are hard to have because these have to do with your belief system. But the, the organized religion, I don't know. Like I think the most growth the most growth I've experienced has been through my own private kind of meditation, my own personal relationship with God, that has allowed me to expand as a human being to allow me to wash feet or to be humble and serve people, mm -hmm. and not with an attitude or anything like that. But we, we kind of gloss over that in our community because we're very, we can be very prideful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because so many of, so much of our humanity has been stripped away from us. So I really am interested in how do we reconcile our black human experience with our spiritual one? Hmm. What do you think, Mikey? Well, I mean, um, that's, that's, a good, that's a great question. I believe that uh, going along with, like the example of um humbling ourselves so um if if need if needing to wash the feet or whatever like the equivalent of that allowing others the space to be as well and, and understanding um you have to know yourself and knowledge of self like I, I think for us it comes from like what we we've uh you experienced for me what i experienced like because i was taught a, a, a lot of things growing up but as I, like, I was walking on, on my path, there's a, a lot of things I have learned that are very contradictory to, to um, what I was taught. So it's 
allow myself to um, feel the full extent of my journey, which in, the, in, in a sense it brought me to a mosque, brought me to basically practice and I meditate with some friends that, that, are, um, that are Buddhist, that, that they basically, like, I've read about like other practices and stuff. And also um, being blessed as well, like um, being able to speak um, different languages, it allows me to see how we're in a sense all having this, that we're, we're talking about the same entity, the same energy, but just from different pathways. So much like um, the example of um, an athlete before they, um, they, they're ready to step on the field, different athletes have different ways of, of, of psyching themselves to get to the big game. So you have people that, you know, they have different rituals to get to this ultimate entity. But at the end of the day, I think um, it's, it's all um, the same. Now for us as black people, identity, 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 and I'm using the word black, but you know, I have a thing, a thing against that. But um, identity, 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 now, now like how do we basically find our identity? I think maybe, maybe taking a trip back to Africa perhaps, but e even then, when, when you get there, just because that's what our ancestors, the, the practices that our ancestors used to do, doesn't mean that they might be right necessarily. That's one thing that I'm finding. So, but also, we're not going back to the Africa that existed prior to Colonial. our current our current knowledge. So, mm -hmm. I think Africa has been colonized and has been colonized for for centuries. Like it's, not, I don't know. I think we have to get past, like for, for instance, facts. You're making a lot of noise, facts. Just because you're not seen doesn't mean we can't hear you. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but um, in relation to atheism and agnosticism and belief, it's kind of like, what do you do in terms of getting to that higher place? And is that not the goal? Or is it to just follow the mm. religion? What are we doing this all for? How does it work in your own personal life? Mm. For me, it's a relationship. It's not about the religion. It's the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's about my daily devotions, about my prayer time, about applying what I learn from reading the word um, to my life, um, and then letting my light shine for others. Um, yeah. And so what, what happens prayer. in the breakdown of our communication with people who don't believe what we believe? We all of a sudden lose the light and we start talking in the darkness. So Fax yeah. wants to like call out Shannon about not washing feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wash your hair though. I, I even make you a plate. Right, but then the conversation. My husband and I about to do all But the conversation then becomes focused on the, the incidentals of the religious aspect mm -hmm. opposed to the rising up of our consciousness to become mm -hmm. better people so that we can relate so to them. But here's so so let me ask you something. So here's where mm. I, where where I, how I look at it. Compassion isn't just words. Compassion is deeds, right? James mm. talks about uh, 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 faith without. You know your uh, Bible. Works you know your Bible, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm so, for it. No, but all I'm saying, all, no, all. I'm, but there's a reason I'm bringing this up. Is that mm. elevating your consciousness is a practice, right? Compassion is a practice. And so, uh, so when I talk about washing of feet, why do I come to it whenever I speak to Christians? Is it is literally the only thing the the whole that that whole uh, um, um, that whole incident that that occurred before the crucifixion? Those are the only direct commandments of things that Jesus Himself 
gave his commandments to his disciples. And yet I got people who've got uh, 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 um, Christmas down pat, they got Easter down pat, they got all this, they got a gazillion other holidays and ways to sell, but they do not go to the direct words of who they believe and who they mm. esteem as the Messiah. So I just have a question. It's just an honest question. I'm not mm. out here trying to defend anything or, or make it put it, you know, offend anybody, right? I just speak my mind as I always speak in facts. But why is it so difficult for people to wrap their heads around a direct commandment, a commandment towards humility given by the Messiah, the God, the Son of God, directly to his followers? Why is that so difficult? And keep in mind, in the days when Jesus was around, it wasn't just your washing feet that came out of Nikes with stinky socks. People were walking around <laughs> basically barefoot on, on mud, right? Mm -hmm. So his act of humility coming from literally the right hand of the Father, according to you, to earth, to then wash the feet of disciples, humans who he created, true or false, that's up to you, right, is an incredible symbol of humility. How much more should we do to each other? So this is what I'm getting at, is the practice of Christianity is not negotiable, okay? There are very clear terms that were laid out by, uh, 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 by Jesus and within the context of the Bible. It's either you believe them and you execute them, and execution being acts, or you don't. It's very simple, right? I'm an atheist for, for a variety of reasons that have to do with the historical accuracy of things and, 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 and context and so on and so forth. But again, I judge a man by his words. I don't talk to Buddhists in the context of Christianity. I speak to them based on what the Buddha said and if they are following the practice as prescribed by the Buddha. Similarly, how I speak you, to Christians about you, Christianity. How do you I speak get to, to higher consciousness facts? What is I'll your, tell you something. Humans have, you know what humans have? Humans have compassion. In fact, I can point to other, other animal species that have a great degree of compassion, uh, uh, gratitude, and caring. And I think that that is the fundamental thing for me. That to me, for me, my and I posted this on social media earlier on, gratitude is my religion, right? That fundamentally, I believe in being grateful for all that I have, the fact that I have life, the fact that I can speak, that I have eyes, my eyes open, that I have my ears. These are incredible gifts. Whom you, you ascribe you, them to? Who, who, yeah, huh? who do you ascribe the gratitude towards? Do anything or anyone? This, this, great, this great mystery of life has, has not been fixed, has not been, the, the riddle has not been solved. So I don't, I don't ascribe it to anybody in particular. I just ascribe it to how wondrous it is that we are even here, right? So some so some people are looking for an avatar to say, okay, so who do you uh, who do you assign all this greatness to? So they're looking for a specific avatar. So some people will say uh, Asher, uh, uh, Asherah, or some people will say Baal. Somebody will say uh, uh, you know Yahweh or whatever. Uh, for me, I, I'm not caught in that. What I I know what here's the thing is I have a scientific mind. I know what I know and what I don't know. I'm quite willing to say I don't know. So I don't need to ascribe it to anybody. I need to just recognize what it is and remain in my state of gratitude because in the midst of the battle of trying to figure out the who, I'm missing the what and the what is gratitude. You can find gratitude in Buddhism. I've, I've known incredible Buddhists. I've known incredible Muslims. I've known incredible Christians. I've known incredible people of all faiths, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is what, what makes them incredible isn't their doctrine so much as who they are as people and how they present. Right. Mm -hmm. The ability to love, the ability to have compassion, the ability 
to 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 be gentle and be kind, right? Um, to have gratitude. Those are the most important traits. So gratitude is my religion, and I proclaim it, you know, confidently. Hmm. How does that look like um, for us as people, like um, who share different religious doctrines, as you say? How how do we all get to this place? It, it becomes a problem. Here's the pro here's the problem: is that it becomes doctrine becomes problematic because it is it is temporal. So it is, and then it is uh, cultural. So, for instance, now the ultimate outcome of the Book of Revelations. What is it? Because this is the, this, that's the that's the end of the book for 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 Christian theology, right? That's the that's the end game. What does that look like? He's, but he's not just coming and bringing. He's not bringing Ooh, you know, cookies and milk. <laughs> exactly. And so, if you, so, then you have a, you have a choice. You can either be on one side of this equation within the Christian context or not. So that's what the problem becomes, right? Mm. So in the in the book of facts, um, <laughs> there's, gratitude. <laughs> there's the there's gratitude. Is there anything else? What else is or, there? You tell me. Me. I can't I'm tell just you book of facts. That's no, I'm just book. saying, like, to me, that's, I, I, I don't have a book. I'm just, to me, that's just central to the argument. Like, if, if a person is grateful, you're grateful for your friends, your family, for life, for the environment, for everything. So does that mean that, that you just mean that you, um, you're able to accept everything as is? Or, does, or are, you just great, are you just grateful? Like, I can be grateful and still treat somebody badly. How? Yeah. I How? can be grateful that I have, I can be great, not grateful necessarily for that person, but I can be grateful selfishly. And then how do I interact with that person? What does my gratitude for my own life have to do with the, grad, um, the, the way I interact with another person? But now the question, all right. No, I'm so just yeah, like I, I, I don't have to accept, I don't have, but hold on a second. Keep, keep in mind, I want to say something. Mm. Atheism isn't some universal belief that, you know, there's a code that we have to live by and all the rest of that. Like everybody's interpretation of atheism and, and, mm. and agnosticism is very different. It's very individual, right? Mm. Mm. So it, whatever I say is not for everybody. All I'm saying is, is that, you know, I ascribe, I, I desire to not have bad interpersonal relationships with people. I'm a very straightforward person. I'm honest, right? Um, if I have an issue with somebody, I prefer to just tell them straight out, listen, this is the issue that I have between us. Be, be straightforward in your, in your speech, right? There's indications of this in the Bible even, right? And in other belief systems, just speak to it. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Dre, we had cut you off. What were you gonna say? Well, you know what, because I don't wanna bring it back to, because I know we talked about mm -hmm something deeper than just one particular religion. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want it to respond to something that he said, but I don't want it to, to, to go back because I know you have an agenda right. um, for for the show and I don't want it to go back to um, like a defense of anybody's one religion or right. anything to that. So, um, so I want to be considerate of the topic at hand and not make it about one particular mm -hmm. thing. So... So you're just not going to say what you were going to say? <laughs> no, I, I can, I can, because I know I'm, I, I, um, because I, I, as he was talking about the whole washing of the feet thing and, mm -hmm. and extending that out, um, it had me, you know, thinking about um, his response to even the scripture that he posted up for everybody to read, and it was something in that scripture because it sounds like um, facts, and I could be wrong. 
You're saying that that is that one particular thing is a command that he wants everybody to do. And that one command is to wash people's feet. Am I right? That that's what he said. I don't know. Like that's it's pretty cool. It's pretty straightforward. But well, what what's, what's even in the scripture that you brought up, you said, "For I have given you an example, not the example." Mm-hmm. This an example. So really, he was just trying to show that service. All right, for instance, earlier in in that very same book, whatever book you you, you quoted from, uh, there was a situation where Jesus went to one of the religious leaders' house, and he had servants there, and it was mm-hmm. a custom that people. Um, enter the house because it was so dusty. They had servants that would wash feet, or they would wash their own feet. So mm-hmm. when he got in there, um, and you may know, you probably know the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got in there, and then um, a lady came in, broke an alabaster jar, started anointing his feet and washing his, his feet, feet. with yep. her yeah. hair. And then he pointed out, with he's her. saying, "Since I've been here, right, that was there. You have not um, given me anything to wash my feet with, but she hasn't stopped. So mm-hmm. that example." was just him saying, you know, um, this happened before where this lady who everybody in the room thought negatively of was washing my feet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm telling you guys that same attitude of service that this person who everybody thought was lesser than them, you guys now do to somebody else, not as the example, but as a example of service. But, that's, but we can move on from there. I just wanted to respond to that. Unless there's more dialogue about this, I mean, it's, as I said, it's not my book, right? That's that's yeah. for you guys to split hairs on. At the end of the day, if you feel like you don't need to, then don't. But I, if I just go to the scripture and it says what it says, I, I follow what it says, or I don't. Those are choices you guys got to make. So yeah. when you do the you, you guys thing versus what you believe, um, mm-hmm. I could bring it back to this understanding of how do we unify as Black people, because. It's like there's there's an the attitude you have is gratitude, mm-hmm. as you say, but they're at the mm-hmm. attitude of that's you guys to work out doesn't feel like gratitude, yeah. right? So then people start to get in their feelings about how that comes across and how we're supposed to see each other as as spiritual beings, as as humans. Um, we're very like we like to pick at each other and poke at each other with, with our words. May, may I ask a question? May I ask a question in defense? Yes. If I was on this call with, with uh, let's, let's use another religion. Let's say uh, we were having a doctrinal discussion about the Quran. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I'm not, I don't, I'm not on that team. So I'm not, my, 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 my ethnicity, my, my cultural identity has nothing to do with my religion. So those are people who've chosen to yes. distinguish themselves by their religion. So that's, and that's fine. So if that's a doctrinal discussion within the Quran, then okay, so it's about how they choose to worship it or how they choose to fulfill it. That, sure, you know what sure. I'm saying? Like, no, but all. there's also a part that you're not seeing, but go ahead, Dre. I think, I think facts being here could actually um, uh, connect the dots that you're trying to answer here because he doesn't have one established system of belief. And I could be wrong. The way the way you, you speak, you the pattern of your speech facts suggests that you're not really a spiritual person. You believe in it here and now. We are physical beings for now, and we need to make the best of what we're doing right now and not look to spirituality to be who we are. Am I right? Uh, no, no, no. There's more to it than that. But anyways, carry on. I'll... Yeah. So yeah. I, what I was saying is, so... The, the discussion of black identities and our spirituality, somebody who doesn't believe in necessarily a higher power can sort of help us connect 
the the dots or or you know sort of keep us grounded yes. we're sort of brings in a sense to say okay so i think facts being here offers a um it's a huge opportunity for all of us yeah. to grow mm-hmm. and to understand ourselves outside of these religions that have these been doctrines. placed upon us these doctrines yeah. that allow us to rise up to maybe maybe it's gratitude maybe it's compassion yeah. maybe ultimately it's love and we all find different ways of getting to that understanding. Mm-hmm. But if we don't learn to hear one another, mm-hmm. then none of this will happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why we continue to stay in this perpetual self-hatred and pinpointing mm-hmm. uh, of one over the other. See, Will, it's nice to see you back in the room. Thank you. Is that a Buddha behind you, See, Will? That is a Buddha. <laughs> hey, My hey. little fat, fat baby Buddha there. <laughs> all right. Yeah, my aunt gave that to me. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So I wanted to find the the unifying thread in all of this. Um, So just a little bit of background. I used to do work in community uh, organizing and 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 mending conversations such as this. You know, so it's like the idea is about what's the common ground. You know, and then from there you can build. And so I was having a debate, shall we say, with some, uh, someone in Baltimore last time I visited. And it came to, I, I wanted to do that and I did it through identity. So this is just my understanding of identity. Um, and and it's, it's, it's like you're a point in the center and there's concentric circles expanding outward, right? And so you can identify with each layer on going out. But first of all, let's just start somewhere, right? And that's we're all humans, okay? Um, and and so we're not black, white, and here in this point, we're just humans, you know? Um, and so we can all agree on that, right? And yeah, then after you're, so right? Mm-hmm. Are we all humans, I, I assume? I, I mean, or, or yes. we can go yes. deeper into the being and in, in the, in the soul, but let's just start with the human. The and then... Um, and then you go expand into where you're born. That's really your first identity, right? Uh, mm. it, it, you're usually born in a family, in, in, a, in a location, you know, so your identity expands your, from, from your initial person, human, to your family, right? You're, whether you, and then that includes race and all this other stuff. In, in some countries, they don't even think about race like we do, so it's not a big deal. But, you know, you go family, then you go community, and then you go country and stuff like that right and so when you say black identities you know that connotates generally in this conversation african-american you know um and it's it's actually way outside of the circle not outside but you know further removed from you because like when you're talking about your meditation and stuff like that's a personal being experience that even has even less to do with even being human but let's not go that's too deep right now so but you know, first of all, you're 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 a human being, and well, let's go deep. You're a being first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you become a human, right? And then you have this experience of life. Now, most of us forgot our experience before we became human because that's part of the adventure. But we are, and that's the spiritual aspect of it. So that's, I mean, me and facts are very similar in some regards, but we may differ. I don't know in the fact of. I recognize my spiritual being and he, he may not have the direct experience of that. So he can't speak to it, or maybe he can't, I don't know. I can't put words in his mouth, but from the, but the reason I wanted to say that is because, you know, religion, all sorts of stuff comes after it's something we collected along the way. It's we weren't born with it. 
it matters just a t luck of the draw where you're born and what society you're born, you know, and, and, and who, how you were raised, you know. And so if you can start to put things in perspective, you can start to kind of say, okay, I accept this belief because it, it, it's, it's serving me. I, I like the community. I like what it's doing in my life. You know, um, uh, I, you know, it, it is not hurting anybody or if I'm not hurting anybody, at least maybe, you know, maybe, maybe in other parts of the world or whatever, you know, so it's, it's, it's a personal choice to me as far as what you're going to identify with, you know, but that's why usually when things start to fall apart, I always say, okay, we're all humans and we all want to be happy, you know, like let's all come back to the ground, you know, so we can build from there. I think um, no, th that's a great point, by the way. But I, I think um, the reason why it, it, it affects us a lot and we're still searching for identity is because, unfortunately, of uh, colonialism and white supremacy. Because, like, yes, though we, we all are human, because the way the, the world is, is constructed, there's a group of people that like, have, have convinced themselves and others as well that, you know, some of us are not human. So that really it blocks the, like, we see like the, that aspect of um, us all being. So now it seems like we're, we're fighting hard to come to like ground zero of who we are as beings. And in doing that, because I think a lot of Af like African descendants um, had their identity stripped from them completely. Now we're having even conversations like this where um, we're trying to figure out, oh, hey, what, what, um, what, which path have you taken that has brought you peace? Because like all in all, I believe that every single information that's external to myself, whether on Google, when I go to school or whatever, those are other people's opinions or their lived experience. So now mm -hmm. I think the, the fine line becomes myself as a being, like, am I aware of like the choice that I have as a being to basically make up my, my own facts and my own reality? And I think a, a lot of us, um, when, when we're born, we accept these doctrines and we allow them to like guide us almost blindly until we hit like a situation where it doesn't support us. And then, you know, we question our whole existence. So it's like, um, I, yeah. yeah. So in those ways, Bax is kind of free. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a spiritual um, basis. And I'm, I, you can say whether you do or not, Bax, but um, there's comments on the side of like contradictions <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> Can I pay installments? Like, like, what is going on? Someone's buying something. Like, anyway. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. You guys are you guys kill me. I can't. I lost my train of thought. No, we're talking about facts being free. To... Facts, are you free? I think you're free, and I I think we remain friends because um I respect how you see the world and how you try to show up, and and I would like to think that you see it in me because when we first had a conversation about. Christianity, which I guess would be the closest thing that I, I was a, I'm a part of. Um, you were, I think, shocked by how that conversation went because maybe for you, all Christians seem to be a particular way, and I hope I just mm -hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gee, don't Fine, if you will. I think I try. I, I really try to live beyond the doctrine and get into that other realm. Well, let me jump in there real quick. Um, yeah. So, because I feel like we've had a similar journey, at least in in, in my like, past. Yeah. In my past. Um, so when I was like, I was 
similar to Shannon, I was raised in the church, like serious hardcore, you know, every day, maybe one day a week, we didn't go to church. And so, and then prayer all the time, every morning. So real intense. So um, when I was uh, about to be, you know, hitting puberty, I was in Sunday school and, you know, they're teaching God is love. And then that's something I always resonated with. Like my soul said, that's true. Right. And then they start telling the story about, you know, judgment and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that doesn't equate for me. You know, what, what is this loving God that is torturing people for eternity? That is, it doesn't make any sense. So I, that, that is when I started seeking deeper truth. And of course, I, of course, started in the Christian tradition. And if you go deeper, well, actually, and then I started studying Buddhism and in uh, different all major religions. And if you go deeper in Christianity, you get to the Christian mystics, like the saints, Saint Assisi, different people like that. Same thing with uh, um, uh, Islam, the Sufis. Judaism, yeah. yeah, Judaism and, you know, the Kabbalah. Uh, and voodoo. All this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, voodoo. All these, if you get in the deep of it and you yeah. read their works, it's like mm -hmm. they could all be in the same group. You can mm -hmm. hardly differentiate one religion from another except for maybe some of the dialect. I mean, because the, 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 when you're talking about expanding a raised consciousness, you get to a level where all that work, you know, the, the, the minutia is irrelevant, you know, and you're talking about just an expanded state of awareness and, and, and just a whole different, you know, uh, a mystical kind of experience. So when I saw that was the case, it opened me up, shall we say, to realize, because I, 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 I'm, I'm, how can I say it? I'm real intense. Like, I, I, if I go into something, I'm in it you know so since i'm for in i was into god you know I, I, that that helped me kind of free myself from a rigid structure and and, and uh, but it also allowed me to stay in in it if you get what i'm saying so in other words like you if saint assisi and all these other people can have this expanded awareness and still be in the church and i can too you know mm -hmm. and and they just found a way to navigate and, it, and it's that's why i say i don't i don't have anything against any religion and i think you can be in it and be a good person and um, be a powerful force for good in the world, you know, but at the same time, you're, you're not going to fit in with everything that people be saying in there because they don't know. And they just talking, I'm just being straight. Like they don't know most pastors haven't even had any kind of mystical, mystical experience. So it's like, you're talking about God and things that you don't even have any idea. You're just, like I said, the popularity thing, you know, luckily I went to a church in Boston where you could, he had an experience and you could tell. You know what I'm saying? And and the people who prayed, like, we did things in the spiritual dimension. And so it's like, there's people who talk about it and there's people who do it. And I feel like, um, to, just, just to answer real quick on um, what uh, Truth said. Um, <laughs> no, f Truth. Truth. Yeah. Mike, he was talking about how do we basically, in, just about my understanding of it, get, take, get our power back. Because, you know, uh, the the you know, powers that be, quote, quote, unquote, have us identify with certain things that are disempowering. And, mm -hmm. and it's just basically the fact that you see that recognizes the truth that you have that power. So you recognize it's now a choice that, um, mm -hmm. and, and now we're just kind of spreading that awareness through the black community that, you know, you're choosing what you believe, you know, mm -hmm. and if it's empowering for you, believe it, you know, and if it's not, start to question it. You know, and, and not necessarily to attack it, but to expand your awareness. Just open up to other possibilities. 
and see mm. where your intuition and your guidance takes you. Hmm. And, and, and that's a very good, um, good, good statement. One thing I wonder is like, so how do we take our spirituality into practicality? Like for like, um, so for me, like I know what I believe mm-hmm. now, like everybody out there, so for, for example, even facts like um, that you, you believe in, as far as a community, like for mobilization sakes, like how do we take your belief and put it into practicality so other people could either hop on board or, you know, we could come to a place of understanding so we can actually build because I'm finding our journeys are very, um, we, te- we tend to do it from a very individualistic mm. um, like, like st- st- um, place where, you know what, I, I know what I understand. And I, sp- I waste time in trying to explain myself to you, which, I mean, it, it may help, but I waste time to explain myself to you and other people are advancing while we're in this static place. So how do we take our beliefs and bring it to practicality? That's like the question. Um, facts, if you want. Uh, well, like I said, I don't know. Like, if you have a, a belief system, okay, let's go to the to the cut to the chase. I'm sure everybody on this call or on this chat has heard and seen the Killer Mike show that's on uh, yes on uh, Netflix, right? <laughs> and so you have a uh, this this is sort of where black people in North America, I'll say the world really, but especially North America, I guess sort of are sitting at a crossroads. We've been given a belief system, right? Um, that we're realizing perhaps wasn't given for a positive end, right? Maybe it was the in- intention was was not that good, right? It was a negative intention. One to sort of in- engender submission and uh, um, I guess almost on a subconscious level, respect of authority of a white male. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you have a, so that's just, so that's sort of like where a lot of conversations I hear are right now specific to Christianity. So then the conflict is, okay, so, well, you're talking about how do you create a system that empowers black people, Mm -hmm. but there's a universalism to Christianity that isn't about your race. In fact, if it's anything, it's about Jewish people in specific, which gives you, you the Hebrew Israelites and then people trying to identify with the Jewish story and all the rest of that. And, and find ways for that story to be relevant to our reality today. Mm. To answer your question, that's the million dollar question. I don't have an answer for that, mm. quite frankly, because to me, like there's, there's what I want as a personal individual and I'm accountable to myself, but then there certainly is a community accountability. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the only thing that I can find that sort of unifies people is economics. Mm. And so regardless of your belief system, to the extent that you believe that there is a temporal world or a world that we're living in right now that we have to sort of navigate. I think that it's important to support people within your community that look like you, that maybe have your same values. But again, if your values are, are more Christian than they are Afrocentric, then that's going to lead you down, lead you to different conclusions than somebody else. But then again, look at somebody like Malcolm X, uh, uh, and Martin Luther King, a Muslim and a Christian, who were towards the end of both of their lives able to find that common ground, right? Which was about economics and about uh, 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 social, social and, and and cultural mobility, right? So what the, the funny thing is that what they were re- what what made them a danger wasn't their religion, right? The bullets found them when they started to talk about the ballots, right? <laughs> when they started to get into the intricacies of economics. So you sometimes you got to peek behind the curtain, 
And yes. when you peek behind the economic curtain and you look at, you know, the hundreds of trillions of dollars that's in Africa that go uh, uh, into the hands, the wealth, the wealth of a continent, the richest continent on the planet, that mm -hmm. because of so much division between us, finds itself in the hands of Europeans and Asians. You kind of have to say to yourself, wait a second, has the wool been pulled over my eyes? What, what, what was the intention here? What, what's going on? Anyways, that's, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> and um, Kwame, like, welcome to the conversation, Kwame. Um, There's also some people in the room that we have in Lazarita. So great to see you in the room. Mm -hmm. My best friend since we were seven years old. I love you so much. Um, hi, Tony. Um, so, so Steph, Tanya's still there. Hey, Zavara, I'm so sorry your sound isn't working. Donald, I think you made a comment a little bit while ago, Donald, but there's been so many other conversations. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Donald's made Big a mention. Big up Zavara. Yes. Zavara, yeah. um, where's Donald's comment? Gosh, there's so many other things <laughs> happening here. Um, I'm sorry, no, Donald, I can't find it. No, he said that he doesn't uh, ascribe to certain the theology. Um, or something, something it had to do with theology. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, thank you for your comment, Shannon. Um, Ulysse, thank you so much for coming in. I, you made a comment too, yes. What did it say? He, can you see it? Because I am scrolling like crazy and there's so many other comments. Okay, there. Uh, I like the comment the elephant room stated. It's regarding how do we unite despite belief? Um, um, how can we come together? I mean, that's really, when we think about spirituality in conjunction with the black experience, um, that's that's what's gonna for me that's that's a question that we need to to really kind of tease apart mm -hmm. because christians are afraid of people who practice voodoo mm -hmm. and <laughs> hey. and islam kind of <laughs> own thing and like there's all like there's all of these different things that keep us separated so and that leads to the practicality mm -hmm. point that you make so how can we practically come together and make these things happen. Kwame, I don't know if you wanted to address any of that or if you had your own mm. point from before. Oh, oh no. We can't hear we you. can't hear you. <laughs> Maybe it's your microphone. Yeah. I hear me. Uh, what did you just touch? Because Zavara needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the voodoo. It's the voodoo. It's, off, it's, it's off now. Hit it again. Uh, hit it again. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Uh, all right. Um, I'm a little bit late into the program. I've got exams tomorrow, so um, I I'll do a quick talk, and then I may have to give the spot to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I I agree with the previous speaker. Um, I think that a lot of harm has been done um, already, and it's going to be very hard to change the hands of time. And so I'm trying to go back to our old ways of religion and our spirituality. Starting from that point can be very difficult if we don't have some form of economic um, independence. Because um, people run to religion, more or less, in Africa because they, they are poor most of the time. People in churches are thousands of churches thousands upon thousands. And if you look at the average income of those who go to church, who go to, I mean, no disrespect to the to any religion, mm -hmm. but mostly they are people who are helpless and they are poor. And then 
they get deceived by the pastors and imams. They get used by um, some terrorist groups to do all manners of harm to other people in the name of religion. If mm. you able to get some form of economic independence, and then it will be a bit easier to go back to our old level of consciousness. Because um, give the Bible to any um, hungry man and he thinks that he can pray and get his problems away, right? At the moment, everybody is trying to do his or her own thing. There is no connection. There is no um, universal way of the African man or the black man moving towards. Oh, oh, we can't hear you. Can't hear we you. can't hear you. We can't no, hear you. Can't hear you. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, I was just like just muted now. Oh, you're muted. That's why. Okay, okay. We can hear you now. Yeah, okay, good. So, um, all like the Jews and some other races who have that single unity of um, spirituality, we have lost ours entirely. And so we will need to get that kind of economic independence, as we are saying. And it starts from leadership. It starts from um, education. It starts from how do we restructure our education? Because mm. some way, somehow, our history has to be retold in a different way from what the masters tried to design for us. The things we were taught in school, it keeps on imposing that colonialism into our brains every now and then. So we need a leadership structure that will consciously re-socialize the minds of those who are up and coming, the children, to understand mm -hmm. that black spirituality. And in doing so, you know, we can now merge that with some form of economic independence so that generations coming will understand that, okay, there is this thing that we also had, and we don't have to depend on that foreign culture or foreign economic and all that. So I think um, in that line, we can be able to do something. But currently, everybody seems to be doing his own thing um, individually. So I realized something. I realized something in this town, being a multicultural city. You walk into a Chinese store or a Chinese restaurant, and there is um, some statue in the corner somewhere that is that looks like a Chinese person. You walk into a Japanese restaurant, and you see in a small corner some statue somewhere that looks like a Japanese, and and so on and so forth. But you walk into probably a black um, shop, and you see a white man nailed on the cross. And so our God looks like a white man, right? I mean, mm -hmm. definitely, I mean, how do you gain independence when your God looks like the oppressor? Hey. What? We have a very long way to go. Almost that, all the subcultures, their spirituality looks like them. At the end of the day, if you, if you think deeply, every community creates their God in their own image. Mm. But in our sense, a God has been created in another image and imposed on us. We need to redefine that very, very And not only that, not only that, Kwame, not only has 
our God, our God or God's been redefined in other people in another person's image. The the spirituality that is African mm -hmm. has been demonized so much that even if we wanted to look to Africa, we it's so taboo <laughs> to even want to believe in anything that's there. <laughs> that, that is another big problem. So so for instance, um, I have a daughter, and I remember. She's about 11 years old. And I remember when I was naming her, giving her a name back then, a woman Catholic priest wants me to do the naming ceremony in the church and give her a, a Christian, Christian name. name. It would be a European name. And I said, no, my father named me Francis because I had no choice. But I'm not going to name my kids after foreign names and, and the ceremony will not happen in the church because traditionally Africans name their children in their home and we have a tradition whereby you pour I mean you don't pour but you put your finger in some a liquor a small drop and put on his or her tank you put the same in water and put on his or her tank and then you say words like you see the difference between wine or alcohol and water. So if you see the truth, say the truth. If it is wrong, say it is wrong. You see, this is a very significant um, initiation for every baby. Back then, at the time of naming, which has been totally forgotten most of the time now, and it has been replaced by take the baby to church and go and pour water on his head and name him Peter and Paul. Mm -hmm. you know? So, so there is so much which used to be in our tradition which has been demonized. I had a hard time doing what I wanted to do. At the end of the day, I did it my way. I stood on my ground, did it my way. Even though I was raised a Catholic, I told the, the Catholic reverend, I want to go to church and do that thing. So it's about how strong we can be and how we can defend what we know is right within our traditions, you know? So, yeah. We just want to Comment. address some of the comments um, here in the room. Mm -hmm. So starting with uh, Zavara, who oh, yeah. said, no, it's right here. He has another one? That's the one here. Okay, so he says, we use, okay, I'll just read it off my phone, because every time you make a comment, I lose it. Um, he said something about uh, belief system is only the way is only to be taken as clothes. We cannot wear the same clothes. Diversity is what makes it nice. It's only relevant to the practitioner at, at their capacity at that time. Best way to utilize the positive lesson in these belief systems in order to awaken from spiritual ignorance. There is always a bit of relevant lessons we need to grasp and utilize. But Christianity itself is all about 97% teachings of African spirituality. That is what makes it complicated because they've mixed the African with the European ideals, the mm -hmm. Greek and uh, the Roman. And so now we're all confused. They seem to be very good at confusion. Ulysse, mm -hmm. what did you say? We have to be about solutions. We, we know quite a bit about our issues. So what are the stuff? We, we read that one. Um, Donald, American Indians were also stripped of their rituals by being forced into Christian practices, but they seem to be really good at, um, 
you know, maintaining that. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I want to answer that. Were you about to ask, uh, fact something? No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask Kwame something because what he touched on there really resonates with me, and and, and I've talked about this quite a bit. And and Mike and I, we've talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. we've our, our traditional beliefs are beautiful, right? Yeah. The, sure. the I think that you have to look at the, un, the the underlying philosophy of a thing, right? Separate sure. from the doctrine or how it's necessarily executed. So what you just you know, like for instance, the 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 the, uh, uh, the coronation or birth ritual that you're talking about is beautiful. There's no way you can you can look at this any other way. But we've now been indoctrinated with somebody else's custom and mm-hmm. it supersedes our own, right? Yeah. Um, even when you look at something like circumcision, which is historically African, it's literally in the pyramids, right? Sure. There's hieroglyphs of circumcision, but we look at that as a Jewish custom, which has become a Christian custom. My point being is how do you distill from the things that are inherently African. And again, when we say African, it's not a monolith. There's different customs, different peoples and so on, right? Add to that, you have the diaspora as well with all the different beliefs that have sort of become glommed on, whether you're from America or the Caribbean or whatever, South America. But how do you, what I would love to see is to distill sort of the the, the root of African tradition, right? The, the, the basic, the, the respect and love and veneration of ancestors, of family, of nature, right? There's nothing inherently evil about any of that, but what happened is you throw the baby at the bathwater because it's associated with voodoo and so on and so forth. And Mike was talking earlier on about the whole business with shrines. Like, mm-hmm. so, so it's like, how do we get away from viewing our, our, our traditional beliefs as evil by di- just simply distilling what really matters in the here and now and using things that are powerful because that is powerful. You know, to, to have a baby come into this world and have a sense of purpose and connection and belonging to culture um, rather than just, you know, and again, I'm not knocking anybody for baptizing their child because you don't know what you don't know. But, you know, I I, I, I just wanted to hear Kwame's thoughts on that, if there was anything you could say on that. Yeah. So um, you just mentioned a point of um, circumcision being an African um, tradition, but now it's been linked to the Jews and now it's a Christian thing. Sometimes I ask myself, to what extent do we Africans document our traditions in the first place? Mm. We don't document. We don't write. Okay, and the moment you don't document a process or a tradition which is yours, it can easily be taken by somebody else, redesigned, and then they they, they will own it. So we have the Jews who have written books about their kings and their lords and their gods from way back from Moses to Abraham to date. And, but to what extent has various African communities documented their own traditions? We have not. We haven't. We, we, right. So, so, we have to, so we have to, we have to change that moving forward. We have to change that. It's about time we get African historians who would document all those traditions if it is Ghana or Nigeria, if it is Jamaica, if it is wherever, those traditions, we have to document them. Once they are documented, then it doesn't get lost. You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to jump in. Go ahead. Okay. Um, go ahead. I just want to um, also um, interject. Um, Zavara said he would like to interject. Comments, um, comment. He said that Africans are, most, are the most documented people on earth. Um, 
they used to go in and rob the tombs of all of the knowledge yeah. that was invented? The knowledge, the knowledge is there. We just don't have access to it. There's a right. great book. There's, there's a great book called Stolen Legacy. I don't know yeah. where it's at, but it's like I haven't maybe able to get my hands on it again. But that book mm. documents exactly how the legacy was stolen. What well, well, actually wasn't stolen. It was given to the Greeks, and then you know, then it was stolen. You know, they they wrote, erased all our names and took everything and and burned all the libraries and whatnot. And but mm. like like a um, I'm for, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. The the yogi guy said, you know, most Sadhguru success. No, Sahara said um yeah he said um uh that uh most of the christian traditions are egyptian as well and that's true Mm -hmm. you know and like i was speaking earlier about the you know the mystery schools and you know um the secret societies most of those are religious you know are egyptian as while so why we were talking what was coming to me was what we really need is people who understand what is really happening in the spiritual tradition in the spiritual dimension to start yes. to teach and lead again. Because most of yes, what we're yeah. talking about, I'm completely aware, it's spiritual mm-hmm. technology, it's spiritual power. Like when you're, like this Buddha here, it's not, it's not here because I believe in Buddha. There's spirit, mm-hmm. you can charge an object. That's what giving sacrifices are for. You know, we need to be able to start um, speaking openly. I see um, mm-hmm. true, I mean, uh, yeah, nodding. Because it's like, we know things, but we're so scared to talk about it. But mm-hmm. it's, we're, we're past yes. that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the, the, what we can do is, is astron- astronomical. The power that yes. we have as individual beings is, is, and that's why they don't want us to know about it. That's why they want us to scare each other about it and say it's voodoo or, or I mean, we, like, I just use it as a verb. And I mm-hmm. actually know what voodoo is. It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You can use anything mm-hmm. bad. You can use, you can go to church and pray someone to death. It's not, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, it's not uh, bad. It's just been painted that way. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why I, I really feel like, um, you know, you know, I'm, I've been I've been holding my tongue this whole yeah, conversation yeah, because I'm like, I know a lot, but I don't really want to say anything. People get, you mm-hmm. know, and all this other stuff. And, 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 and I feel like, well, that's part of the problem. You know, what I'm saying it, it like I love that mm-hmm. tradition. Kwame, I, I, I believe it, you know, it, it and and we we have a tradition of passing things down and it still exists today. But and there are certain things that are kept secret for a reason you know what i'm saying because you know everybody don't need to be able to and they're going to kill herself in the process anyway yeah. you know what i'm saying so but but we we need to be able to understand that spiritual this whole religious thing is around an actual reality you know a mm-hmm. spiritual reality that does that's part of our being you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and and, mm-hmm. and that we, we we need to be able to talk openly about it and 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 prog- move forward. If someone don't agree, don't you don't have to have that conversation. You don't have to fight with them. And it's a different conversation when you're talking about progressing economically. That's what we, we frankly we need to grow up, be mature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we're we're all black, we want to have better economics. We don't all have to have to be Christians. We don't all have to be atheists or Buddhists or whatever. We don't have to agree on that. We're we're working together to get jobs. You know what I'm saying? We're working together to get the police out of our face. You know what I'm saying? It's not about what you know, church you go to, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we need to focus on what we mm-hmm. are trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, you were talking about Malcolm X and, and uh, 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 Martin Luther King. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like they, they, they had a shared goal. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's manifest destiny. If you have a shared goal, you put your willpower behind it 
and if yes, spiritual aspects of you will work behind it. I mean, get behind it, but you ain't gotta, you know, share together on what you believe. It's gonna happen yes. anyway. You focus your yes. will. It's so simple. If you focus your will, you're putting your spiritual energy behind an idea. And if we all mm-hmm. share that idea, we work behind it. We can we can move mountains. You know what I'm saying? And I, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. And um, I just wanted to add to um, this this way. The funny thing is, we actually um, so what what we need to do is allow space for each other. Then the funny thing is that we actually do that right now because we you know we, we here we can talk about Buddhist, uh, we can talk about different type of practices from different cultures, and we, we we allow all the space in the world. But when it comes to us practicing these different cultures, the conversation usually boils down to Christianity mm-hmm. and disproving Christianity or proving the Christianity, and then we forget every other aspect. <laughs> so it's like like I, I think that first of all, allowing space for each individual's journey. Mm-hmm. Like their practices, allowing space as as we do already for other people, and also when conversations with facts offline, usually uh, he talks about proximity. So like um, taking ownership of like you know like like one another in in proximity. So for example, like the the fact and facts. I mean, you, you could speak about this more often um, in more detail, but um, that's with the proximity. So gratitude, acceptance. And I think those are the practical ways where we could um, look into building community and building society. And they, they, so finding your tribe. So, for example, like my, my beliefs, I know what my beliefs are. So in conversations with, with other folk, other African descendants that look like me, that share the same belief, I could build community with them and allow space for other African descendants who have other beliefs as well. I think in having that mindset, that will allow us to form, like, a, reform our own society and, and build from there. I think that's the missing link. I think that's what was lost from, from us um, back, back when we were on the continent. But facts, I would like for you to touch on the whole proximity conversation when you talk about proximity. Right. Like, for me, in, in the diaspora, one of the problems is that we, like, economics is a, is a, is a team sport. And your team has to be within a certain uh, 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 distance of each other, right? And so when I talk about proximity and wealth creation, it's like, you know, I've lived in communities for, you know, other ethnic groups. And what I've observed is that everything, like, you know, the dentist, the school, the the, the religious establishments, the, the local businesses, the connection to local politicians, everything is within walking distance. Right. And regardless of the size of the of, of the of the place. So, it's, you know, for those who live in Toronto, as an example, Asian quarter, Markham, very Asian environment. And when I say walking distance, meaning that you can't go too far without seeing a person of that ethnicity and doing business with a person of that ethnicity, the grocery stores, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're spread out, uh, as we are, generally speaking, in Toronto, um, and again, other com- I've heard friends from the UK say similar things that you have sort of these pockets of of, of black um, excellence and black wealth, but you can't build momentum if you're isolated, right? So maybe you can do for self and for family, and that's great, and that's supposed to be applauded. But there's a, you know the the game of economics is about transgenerational wealth, and it's about accumulation and accumulation on a communal level. And when you look at how wealth was distributed in the United States. 20th century, you know, in terms of giving, you know, uh, low, low interest loans to white families. And when we talk about redlining, we have to look at what was happening on the other side of that red line. Well, essentially white people of European descent were being put into close proximity with each other and 
and essentially made to do business with each other. So it's built wealth in, again, specific to America, it doesn't necessarily apply to Canada, but built wealth in America where whites have somewhere in the order of 10 to 15 times the wealth of blacks who had been there before them, right? So these are things that we have to, so, I, you know, when we talk about, uh, um, you know, as both of these gentlemen have said, you know, there's there's two there's there's almost two issues here. There's the what are we doing as a people and our you know in this game of 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 wealth in this game of economic independence and in this game of of black sovereignty. What does that look like? But then, essentially, what I'm what then the other side of this discussion is well, how does our spirituality aid it? And for me, I sort of look at it as if it hinders it, then you got to question it because. I can't be in a I can't be a, in a spiritual system that denies me the ability or induces me to not do business or support my own, yeah. right? And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's maybe an outward agenda, but even if it's a even if it's a subconscious thing, I've got to question it. So whatever I do, again, if Martin and MLK could work, to, if, if if Malcolm and MLK could work together, anybody could work together, right? Mm-hmm. They were at odds, they argued, they you know it's well publicized, but they realized that they had a common enemy. One thing I want to say real quick before I, I stop talking is this business of the difference between the diaspora and the continent. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, like I've had friends from, you know, so coming from a Jamaican background or I got, uh, you know, folks that are born here in Canada or, you know, uh, you know, or folks that are from the uh, Caribbean and on the continent in Africa. We all catch hell for the same reason. What happens, though, is sometimes the Jamaican may not see that he has common cause with the Trini. The Trini doesn't understand he has common cause with the Nigerian. The Nigerian doesn't think he has common cause with the South African. The colored doesn't think he has common cause with any of them. Well, here's the problem is that it is the ultimate divide and conquer, and it has been incredibly successful. If you, I can't think of a more successful 400 year uh, social experiment campaign to demolish a people than what's happened to our people over the past 400 years. So how do we love each other and have gratitude for each other and realize, you know what? I know that you've suffered as well, differently, maybe in a different location, but I'm gonna reach out to you out of love and compassion and understanding that we do have a common struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And work together. Then we can start to, then proximity isn't an issue. The Ghanaian can move in beside, the Trinidadian can move in beside the colored from South Africa, realizing we all have to work together because we've been restricted and kept from wealth for a very strategic reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, to kind of just uh, stare a, a bit back into um, the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of things. So, this is um, a knowledge that um, that I, I kind of was blessed to come into, um, based on just some um, like uh, medit- meditating and everything. Is it's actually the word um, black, like because um, like I I believe that words are magic. And because when you're learning to write, they teach you how to spell. spell yeah. <laughs> so um, prior to our ancestors arriving over here in, in, in North America and the Caribbean, and then um, venturing on afterwards, um, the word black was uh, like, that construct was not like there yet. It's like, like people were known by um, the, where they lived, so locations and like, what they did. So that 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 was the description that was given to them. So it's only after that um, that they like, after they came and enslaved people that they chose to label the enslaved people with a word, which was black. Now, when you look at the spiritual side of um, 
us who we are. So like initially, as you were mentioning, um, see, well, so we are human beings. So we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then when you look, you look at different um, either scriptures or um, holy scriptures and everything. So our creator is like he defines himself or herself as I am and we're made in the image of I am. So, right. therefore, so therefore we be. Mm-hmm. Now, if life and death basically uh, lived on, on the on if lived on the tip of the tongue, you know how that thing goes. Mm-hmm. Then I'm aware of, of, of the spelling powers of, of these things. So if I cast a spell upon you and I say, okay, so you you be well, you're a human being, or you be lack. Mm-hmm. So that means that it's almost like a, a, a curse that I'm casting upon you. I never put I never put the two together, be and lack. And, and I, I'm going to push back. I'm going to let you do, finish your please point. Do, please do, please do. Okay, so what I was going to say, well, first of all, a lot of times I see in our communities that word play where they, they mm-hmm. dissect it and kind of make it mean whatever they want it to mean. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's black as a color. That's the way the, the word is being used. It's mm-hmm. not be lack, it's black, black right? Okay. And, 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 mm-hmm. this, and, and, and another thing that you can do, which I've always done, is you can uh, manipulate meaning. We're meaning-making mm-hmm. machines as humans, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like I always do with hip-hop music, a lot of times they be talking about nonsense, I make it mean what I want it to mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Make it mean something empowering, whatever. And mm-hmm. so the reason I'm saying that is because when you first brought up the topic, I was already thinking about it, you know, what, mm-hmm. what it means to me. And black, and I've, you know, of course, I thought about it before just because I'm black. But if you go into deep meditation or if you go into the origin uh, mm-hmm. story, so to speak, mm-hmm. is the void, is mm-hmm. darkness. The absolute is everywhere and it's in space and darkness. And then it mm-hmm. speaks, the voice, like I said, vibration and mm-hmm. creates light from that. Vibration, light is just a vibration, a frequency. And mm-hmm. everything in our reality is, is a frequency. Um, and it, but it all comes from silence. So mm-hmm. this is an empowering way you can think about it. Black mm-hmm. is actually the most empowering. The, the, you know, it's the app. If, so I'm, I'm, I'm connecting the idea of the absolute with black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so yes. the actual original, we are the original people. Yes, know? we are. So, so we, and this is the reason when you, I was listening to facts talk about you know, we've been systematically oppressed and kept mm-hmm. down for so long. And the reason is because we have original access to power. I mean, we're such powerful people. It's crazy. Because I did a dream. I mean, I had a dream. Yes. And in it, I moved back through time. I saw my life. I saw lives before that. And I saw mm-hmm. myself as an Egyptian oracle. And I saw mm-hmm. myself collecting things as they were coming to burn stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then I ran through time with the knowledge mm. and that was one of the most powerful dreams I had. And, and it, and it didn't feel like a dream. shall I say, right. Mm. So it's like we, and so when you, when we get into meditation, like mm. LA said, and, and really start to tap into what we are, who we are, we start to access mm. deeper aspects of ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, I think it's for that reason, because we're so connected just organically to this mm-hmm. knowledge that it has been kept from us because when we start to execute upon it, 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 it is, you know, kind of like Pandora's box, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and um, uh, it's just, uh, you know, and just to speak some more to what Fax was saying, mm-hmm. um, we, yeah, we're, we're, 
we just got to stop fighting each other. I mean, we've been saying it for so long, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's like we're, we're, we got this machoism or just I'm the head B or this, all that. And, and, and we got because I, when I was in Boston, we, we tried to get the black men together and have these groups and stuff. And it's all so much ego. You know what I'm saying? And I eventually found a group that I could work with. You know, it was still majority African-American. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just like we got to get out of that program, that, mm-hmm. that crab in a barrel program. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just it. You know what no, I'm saying? We're, we're for each other. You know, first mm-hmm. of all, we're for each other as people. And, and one practice, and I'll shut up, that helped me with this is conscious eating and conscious drinking. And mm-hmm. what that means is before you eat, look at the plate and think about where it came from. All the people, all the effort from Mexican, you know, to the people, the rednecks driving the truck, to the people who started the store, and all these people work together to bring that food and the spices and everything that's on that plate. So this helps you connect with just the ecosystem of humanity that you're a part of, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and just to wrap it up about uh, God, right? Mm-hmm. If you look in every religion, God is omnipresent, omniscient. Right. And it's also to, to speak to facts is, is the same description of the unified field. Right. When you talk about quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once I start to understand that, mm-hmm. how can God be out there and not in here? Constant. Right. Manifest. You know, right. so it, 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 it God, I am. See, mm-hmm. you are. Namaste. This mm-hmm. is all the same language of communication, of understanding a spiritual mm-hmm. reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can or you can just call it science and quantum physics if you don't like the word mm-hmm. spiritual. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I, I, I'm just excited and passionate about this stuff, because this mm-hmm. is actually the common ground. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like quantum physics so much, because, you know, even if you are atheist, you can see the connection, you know, mm-hmm. that we are all connected. Our, our atoms are interacting. The air I'm exhaling, you're going to in, eventually inhale. I'm drinking the water. It's all going to connect. We're all part of one holistic system. And this is the spiritual view, right? And then if you break it down to black, that's a cultural identity. So mm-hmm. I just want to clarify there's a difference between the two. But however, mm-hmm. it is interconnected. It's part of us. It's in your DNA. It's in your genetics. And when mm-hmm. you get into meditation, you start to like open these gates, shall we say, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it and, and, and as far as connecting the two, when you develop and evolve and mature as a person, your spirituality is going to be part of everything you do. You don't have to announce it. You don't have to make anybody mm-hmm. else agree with you. It's going to be part of the room. It's going to be part of the action. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like we don't have to all sing, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. But if we want to make change, we got to agree about what we're going to do and do it. Now, as far as spiritually, like right now, we're all in agreement. You, you, you may not know that intellectually, mm-hmm. but we're all in the same space. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. our our spirits has are haven't pushed us from away from each other, so we are still in a, enough agreement that our spiritual essence is having uh, action mm-hmm. uh, or cooperation, shall I say? Right, mm-hmm. just from the vibration of our vocal tones, you mm-hmm. know, and resonating into our ears. Just, I mean, there's so much science behind us and technology as far as how it all works, but just know that you're part of it all. Right. And it's a part mm-hmm. of you. And that's why I love L.A.'s uh, just understanding that her real growth is coming from her meditations and, and just listening and growing in her mm-hmm. evolution, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of how that evolves. The same thing with facts. He learns, he goes and he, he identifies with concepts that make him vibrate higher. Compassion, mm-hmm. gratitude, love, 
you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with debating with all the Christians, but hey, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 so it, it's like, why do you, you know what I'm saying? But it's about what makes you vibrate higher and expand your consciousness, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the spiritual aspect. And it's always part of you. And if you, mm-hmm. if you practice your spirituality, really, whether you're, yeah. no matter what your religion it is, you're going to be mm-hmm. a kind, loving, accepting, open person. Oh, if you really yeah. do what the word says in whatever religion you do. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's that I'm off my soapbox. I'm done. <laughs> no, like that's exactly like that's exactly what, like what it is. Like God, really the universe, everything. everything. Talk about offline. That what the point of wanting to bring this to the conversation, getting people to this awareness, regardless of what it is that they're believing in, mm-hmm. learning how to not judge other belief systems. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, if we're black people, no matter what it is that we're believing in, we're having a common experience that has nothing to do with that, mm-hmm. that religion. That, that religion. We're having a different kind of experience, but spiritually we have a responsibility to grow and to hone those skills and become higher versions of ourselves is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we only have about, you know, just over uh, uh, 14, 13 minutes left. So I just wanted to, Kwame, did you have something that you wanted to add before we yeah, so, summarize? Yeah, so, um, to, to add a little bit to um, the way we're supposed to connect with each other, um, it, is, it is very important because um, as a people, it will be very hard for us to individually just do our own things separately and think that there will be a collective good. We need to consciously do things together. And it is very, very key. If I will cite example, like if from way back, there were Jewish laws, which were based on the Bible, for instance, that you don't lend money to, a Jew should never lend money to a fellow Jew and charge interest. The, and this is biblical. It is in Hebrew, so you can look for it, and then you will find it is Hebrew. And these are books that we read, even as other non-Jews, and, and we follow it, but it helps them. The, there were laws that said that they should only make loans to non-Jews with interest, but to fellow Jews without interest. It should tell you the importance of connecting and helping each other in this um, in this path that we are all taking, right? If politically, and if you look at international politics, how it has played against Africa, almost every strong leader in Africa who has tried to unite Africa has been eliminated. And it began from my own first president who gained independence for Ghana and fought to gain independence, who tried to begin the AU and all that, we all know how he was eliminated because they know that if we come together, we are a collective force that they can never, ever stop. Libya. Um, Gaddafi was trying to build systems, electricity systems using the, the, the deserts, the heat on the desert to build electricity that he could export to other African countries at a very, very low cost. And this was a huge project. He was eliminated. As we speak right now, that project is being looked into by the white men and they want to do it. You see, 
any attempt that the black man does to come together, whoever is leading it, they try to eliminate that person. And so, but we cannot lose the fight. We have to keep on in your small area, in your small community, in your school, in your country, wherever small circle you find yourselves, find fellow people like yourself and connect with them. If we all keep doing this with time, there should be some level of you know, universal union among ourselves. So let's start from our own small way. Now, I mean, if I just say, yeah. Amazing. Pat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you have anything to end with? I know you're on mute, so um, I do, I do want to make a point of just recapping this month of February. Uh, we began with kind of taking a journey back 400 years before the enslavement, what, where we are currently and where we think we might be in 400 years. That was a very fruitful conversation, startling and, and, and disturbing at the same time. But there was hope. And um, that was the self-where. So like, where are we? Then the next week became, you know, the self-I-where. So what, do, what are the masks that we put on to understand who we are? Um, in terms of how our respectability politics shows up and who are the people that we need to pretend to be to operate in this world. That was the self I wear. Um, And this last segment, these last two shows have been about self-awareness and who we are spiritually in relation to our identity. And um, we had to do part two because we were very Christian focused. And I think we tried our best to include other Mm -hmm. understandings of different belief systems. And we, we had this vision of wanting to end our shows with uh, solutions. So at the end of this month, we want to be able to not only lament about the things that um, impact us, but what are some practical steps that we can bring to the table to make us move forward in a more positive direction? Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask people in the room if they want to comment, um, one last comment around what is the thing that they will do? Um, see, Wills, what is the thing that you are going to do moving forward from this conversation? Kwame, facts, myself. Mike, what can we do starting right now that is going to change some of the ways in which we move forward so that 400 years from now, it does look a lot different? Who wants to start? <laughs> Don't everybody well, well, go ahead, I can leave you because I've got some stuff to read for exams tomorrow, right? And um, I think that my point, the point that I made just in the past minute about in your very small corner, try to connect with the people that um, are like you. It's it that is mostly what I think uh, where we can all start from. Um, it doesn't have to be in a big way. Let's take a microphone and announce to all the blacks and say that oh, let's be doing this. But I met Ellie at uh, TYP and our first conversation at Toronto. <laughs> just for those what? who don't, I'm just saying. Nobody knows what TYP is necessarily. I'm a teacher in school, and then um, in her office has a lot of black people there who trying to transition into the mainstream in the university. And I come there a lot. I go there a lot, and we met, and then we spoke, and then we always talk about how we can make things better. Even in the school. Your microphone, because it's hard to hear you. Sorry. Hello. So. Is it yes, we can hear ahead. you. It was just some background noise. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, you can. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so I was saying that 
when I met Ellie in school, we in, 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 in a few minutes we started to talk about how we can do a few things to help people who are around us who are black who are trying to transition um, into the mainstream school and in the wider community she brought an idea of a cooperative bank for instance for black people to be able to lend money or take deposits from our people and all that so it's a very small way of starting things and, and i think that if each and every one of us starts in a small corner in a small way there will be a positive vibration among the greater people in the end yeah, thank you. See, Will, what, what is one thing you were going to do from here forward? Well, um, two things. One is to, I have a, a group I actually met with earlier today. We meditate, we set intentions for the week. Um, so connect with people who you can vibe with spiritually because it does, it's, it's called logarithmic mathematics. You know, it's my own formula. You know, it, it's in the Bible where two or more are gathered, but it's in all the other things as well. When you get together, in your 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 power multiplies. So that being said, you know, get to be together with people you can vibe with spiritually because it does add power to your life in the whole diaspora. You know, um, and then on the other level, what I'm doing as far as practically in, in the world is I'm starting a like a group mastermind to help I mean so so we can work together you know on our businesses you know what are the best strategies we can utilize and execute for you know promotion or you know just get together and hold each other accountable with our goals that we're working towards so I'm looking to reach out to people I mean I started today but I'm going to really go in earnest tomorrow and just try to get that group going probably in a zoom room um, and and so that we can Hold, you know, just work with each other, you know, and, and, and help each other be successful, you know, whether it's just practical advice or just support, you know, um, you know, sharing each other in whatever way we can. So those are two things I'm going to do. That's awesome. And facts. <laughs> okay. That's Jeremy? We yeah. can see Jason behind Eddie. <laughs> What's he doing? He's trying to sneak through. <laughs> it's not working, buddy. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what's up, King? You good? Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, okay, um, go ahead. Uh, one of the, somebody up top, I think it was Social Steph made a comment, I, but I, since I refreshed, I can't go back too far. Mm. Um, economics, education, I don't know if she can copy and paste that and put it back we, on. We won't have to and, worry about white people dominating Africa anymore. It's the no, 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 it's before, it's, it's way back. It's probably about 10 minutes ago. In oh. any case, what I was, and then, and then actually Donald had asked a question. He said, who's the next Martin or Malcolm? And I just want to say this, that everybody on this chat right now is Martin and Malcolm, that it's not about a hero. And the reason why they've been able to go into Africa and go into the Caribbean and create this, this discord is because we're always seeking the big chief, the hero, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And this idea that it is somebody other than us that's going to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, you got to fix the problem. <laughs> fix it with your family. Mm -hmm. Fix it with your friends. Fix it with your community. Fix it with your wallet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, make, make choices. Buy black. Support your own communities. And if they don't give you the level of service you want, tell them. Mm -hmm. Tell them what they need to do, respectfully, of course, how to elevate their game to be better, right? And, and, and like I, th these conversations I've been had for so long, and it's like, 
we all got to come to the point where it's not about a personality. It's about a blueprint, executing on the blueprint. Are you executing on it? Are you educating your children mm -hmm. towards excellence? Are you reaching out to the other kids that are within, you know, your circle of friends? Are you spending time with them? Are you trying to encourage them? Because if we, you, this is a, I, you know, it's a daunting task. You're talking about a billion people being raised up out of a state of mental and physical slavery over a 400 year period, right? And destitution to become the greatness that they deserve. This has never been done in history. This mm -hmm. is not something small. So if you consider the magnitude of it, the moves we've got to make have also got to be of a very, very high magnitude as well. So lots of love to everybody. I know I'm an atheist, but yes, atheists do love people. Love y'all. <laughs> And I pray everybody has a good Sunday. We'll pray for you, Max. <laughs> and I will not be praying for you. But I know. I know. You'll be I giving us gratitude. <laughs> uh, just for those, those of you who are on, the, on this platform or can hear the platform, at the University of Toronto this coming Friday, we'll be doing a elephant room live in the room. So you're, and you'll be able to log on to the Get Vocal platform. We will try and do some crazy posting uh, so that you can watch the live town hall essentially at U of T. It's going to be from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are reviewing the uh, <laughs> the craziness that it was February. It was starting with the Super Bowl all the way down to, um, what was his name? Uh, the gay Tupac. I'm in. Lucy Smollett. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about hitting all of the you know the popular social media hot topics, and um, it should be an interesting conversation. So I hope you all can join us. Thank you so much to Kinte who always um, holds us down, Dr. Vibe who left the room, um, and all of you for coming into the room to support what we're trying to do. It's important to have these conversations. We'll keep having them. I hope you go beyond this platform and continue to have them within your families and in our communities. And as Fax says, buy black, support black business. Um, there's so many things, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we, we've got this. And if we continue to talk as a community, we'll continue to build on those solutions and make uh, a domino effect of, of positivity in our lives. So thank you. Back, um, Truth, what do you have to say? No, I agree with everything that you guys just said. Um, I believe that the solution is first of all killing our egos, like, like mm. that primarily, and then um, from there on just um, mobilizing. Like um, me personally, my, my, my practical contribution is that actually um, an idea that I would love to see, and you guys have mentioned it, is um, to organize uh, almost like an anti-march type of thing where um, people from the, the our community we network and connect more. So instead of just marching for no justice, no peace walk and hold up signs and show what you do. So you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you, you are whatever you are, find, find your tribe that way and basically connect and build from there. I think that's like the solution, but. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just want to shout out to Spiceman who I think joined the conversation late. I see you out there. Um, yeah. Thank you all for coming into the room. It's five o'clock. We out. Peace out. Peace. Thank you. Uh, there's a conversation afterwards too, so you got y'all can stay if y'all want. The broadcast stops. <laughs> okay.